Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I am Ripstone. Welcome to You Be Known. I'm doing a little intro to this for my friend Daryl. Uh, the reason I am is there was a lot of background noise because we were out and about. We were actually at a bar. So just bear through it because the raw emotion for Daryl is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. And he is a very strong individual. Ladies and gentlemen, You Be Known. Here's Daryl. And hello, I am Rip Stone. Remember, Rip Stone. Welcome to You Be Known. And we are here at the Cigar Box Whiskey Bar Tap House. Yes, we are drinking. It is not my fault. I blame you. Mm, this is on your tab, so it's your fault. Good point. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Rip Stone, and my very good friend, my new friend too, we've only known each other, what, two months now? Uh, since May, right before my birthday. A few months then. Not... Time moves fast with me. Yes, it does. It does. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Daryl. Daryl, how are you today? Uh, I'm good. So I'm sitting in the shade, so I'm not getting any darker, so it's amazing. For me. No, you are definitely not getting any darker. It is nice out, too. Yeah. We are... Nice, nice today. It was we're nice in... yesterday. Yeah, we're in Jinx, Oklahoma actually is where we are. That is the actual place we're at. Uh, it's alright. It's alright. It's alright. It's alright. I'll work with it. Alright, let's just dive into this. Daryl, where does your story start? Um, story starts, I was born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, May 8th, 1996. So. So you're pretty young. Um, pretty young. On, in age. Yes, in age. In age. In age. Would um, you say you have an old soul? I, w I would say I have an old soul. So it's not one of those things I throw out there and like try to like prove to people. No. I, um, people tell me that all the time once they sit down and have a conversation with me. Um, but I guess um, story starts. My mother was 16 when she found out she was pregnant with me. Um, my grandmother gave her a choice. And she chose to keep me, so she was 17 when she had me. Um, and me and my mother have had um, an awesome relationship, all things considered. And uh, even when you were little, even when you were little, even even when I was little, because uh, the environment I was raised in, it was me, my mother, my siblings, and my grandmother. That was, so you have siblings. Were they older than you or younger than you? Got to be younger. Uh, younger. I am the oldest sibling. Okay. So um, there was five of us in one home. My mother had five children herself, wow. and then my father he count he accounts for another five um, through multiple women. Okay. So that's kind of where my story picks up. Um, I was the only child up until about four years old. Uh, after that, um, my little brother Dadrian was born and we thought he was the second oldest uh, come to find out I have another brother who's 10 months older than him oh wow so overlaying right on top of each other and then that's kind of where I say that's kind of where the relationship with my father kind of ended but due to the fact of him leaving so early in my life I honestly don't remember it yeah. You know, it's one of those things to where, like, if I go to my grandparents' house, they're like, oh, look, th this picture and that picture. Yeah. And I'm like, that's cool. That's awesome. I don't remember it. 
How do you feel when you see the pictures? It's... Honestly, I don't have a feeling. It's not anger, it's not angst, it's not... Um... Sorrow. Funny thing is, I used to be angry at him, but even when they would bring up the pictures, like, I have some of the pictures myself that I got from him um, that he gave me. And it, it's it's not anger. Um, it's literally... It's just no? Because it's just, it's a moment I don't remember. Yeah. So how can I... Like, I feel like for me to be angry about it, I would have to remember that moment and how he was around and then be upset because now he's not around. But I don't remember that moment, so I can't be angry about it. And and that's kind of how our relationship is, even until this day. And he's getting ready to be released from prison here uh, at the start of the next month. So did he have contact with you or try contact with you? Yes. He was... um. My mother is a straight shooter. She's a straightforward person. And given that I'm four years older than the next sibling, uh, she always shot it to me straight, and she raised me to be the man of the house. So my mother never um, told him he couldn't come around, never cut off communication, uh, short of him putting our life in danger. Is that a possibility? Was that a possibility? It's a possibility from the standpoint that he is a selfish person. Okay. And so he's not dangerous. No, he's a selfish person, and he just doesn't think things through. Okay. There's a that, moments, moments there that at almost forty years old, you're like, dude, you. Come what's on, going that, on? Yeah, that's 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 a mistake a teenager makes. Yeah, juvenile. Yeah. So. Um, but my mother always kept communication open, um, solely because my mother. As much as it hurt her to have, to watch me and especially my little brother, because yeah. my other three siblings that I grew up with had different fathers. Okay. They have they all have, they all have the same father, but a different father. Okay. Uh, so, even though it broke her heart to watch her two oldest boys get their hearts broken over and over again, he was uh, one of those dads. He didn't disappear completely. He's one of those don't see him for six months, don't see him for a year, and then all of a sudden, son, I'll come pick you up next weekend, or I'll come pick you up for your birthday, or I got a birthday present or a Christmas present for you. And then it was sitting on the porch waiting for him to come pick us up and didn't show. Or um, the random moments he did show up, it was come out, pick us up, take us over to his place, and then... How was his place? Um, I mean, obviously, he's a bachelor. Give or take. Yeah. Okay. Give, give or okay. take. Like, right now, he's currently married. Like, he's been married for, like, the last few years to a, a very nice woman. Uh, in prison? Uh, well, he's only been in prison for the last year or two, I think. Or last year. Okay. But he's, he, for a while, though, he was in and out when we were younger. And right. then he kind of stayed away from it. And then he just recently went back, like, right before my birthday last year. Um but his wife, she was always, um, in the time I've known her, she's always been nice and sweet. She asked about me, asked how I'm doing. But in my early childhood days, when we did, it was, if he came over, it was basically he kind of disappeared into his room or to a different part of the house, and me and my brother were left up to our own devices. Why did he disappear? Was, like, was, there, was he doing something? Was he... And I don't want to say, like, like, was he on drugs or anything like that, but, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, there's not like there's technology is that great as we have now back then, mm-hmm. you know? 
What was what was he doing? Um, to my knowledge, because I always just left it alone. I even but you you're so, you're like we said earlier, you're in an old soul, so you were like, you know what, do you, and yeah. I'm gonna do me. Yeah, exactly. I'm just making sure my brother's good, and we always kept in con- constant communication with my mother. But as far as I knew, he wasn't really just doing anything. I just I truly think after all these years. And seeing him as an adult and observing him myself, I truly just don't think, I truly just think he doesn't know how to be a father. Okay. So That makes sense. I think it was more of that. Like, he was like, oh, I'll come pick you up and all that and everything. Right. But anything outside of that, for the most part, he was kind of like, uh, a little lost. Yeah, okay. Like, what do I do after No this? affection whatsoever? No, um, no love, no... no he, he, was, he was loving and affection. Like, he, when he would talk to us, he would talk to us, um... And he, the thing is, um, and my grandmother used to tell me this, I have a lot of his traits, especially when it comes to talking and charming people. Mm -hmm. She tells me I have his charm all the time. So he would sit with us and, oh, I love your son, you know, rub it on your head. Make you laugh. Yeah, I'm trying to make this happen and trying to make that happen and da-da-da-da-da. A lot of stuff that he would do to us when we were younger. And, you know, your kids, you want him to be around. Oh, yeah. You think it's going to work. Oh, yeah. You fall for that. Um... Obviously, it's not the same story now. Um, Especially as an adult. Yeah, so he was never he was never cruel. He was never mean to us. Um, or anything like that. His, his number one thing is that he didn't... It just it seems like he just didn't know how to be a father. And... I mean, he couldn't even be a buddy? No, because he just, he didn't stick around long enough for it. The minute you start warming up to him, he disappears. Hmm. And, and when he is around, you're saying the same thing to me you said last time. So it, it turned into a pattern. Show up, have a little fun, make some promises, and then disappear again. Um, you know, like when we were out in public together, we are going to a family function, or... Uh, anything like that. Like, there's a time when we and my brothers were all together and we were older. And, you know, he, um, me and my brother, me and both my brothers, the three oldest ones, because I have a baby brother also, so there's four brothers total. Uh, we went over. And I can't remember if there was three of us or just the two of us, but we, I want to say it was three of us. And we went over to his place. Because, um, you know, and it was voluntarily. I'm driving at this point. I'm an, an adult. So I can choose not to deal with him. But, you know, I want to give him every opportunity yeah. I can for the most Still part. Still your dad. Exactly. So we go <laughs> over there. We're hanging out. And then we we come up with the idea to go to the fair. And he's like, okay, cool. Y'all can go to the fair. And he's like, you know, y'all can even take my Suburban. At this point, he's got this big old blacked out Suburban, you know, big nice. old blacked out rims, an audio system that will make your back crack. There you go. Um, so, you know, and he knows we love that. You know, you grow up around oh, that. Oh, yeah. You know, you, as a kid growing up in North Tulsa in the hood, you see the Chevys and, and the Buicks with the big rims and stuff like that. You, you grow up to like that. And um, so, you know, he gave that to us and let us do that and let us go to the fair and, and let me drive his, his, his bourbon and all that and everything. So he, he has moments where he's giving. Like, um, I think probably my... 19th, maybe my 20th birthday, you know, he even gave me a little money. It was the first time I can remember him giving me a birthday present, ever. But, 
that's just a spew with him. He goes in and out. So when he goes in and out, what what does that do to your psyche? I mean, obviously it pisses you off. We get it. I mean, that's 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 a human trait. But what does it do to the mental part of you? Okay, so it kind of happened in stages as I get older. So at this point in time, I'm, I'm still young. Yeah. Um, so before my teen years, um, he's at that point in time and trying to deal with my brother and take care and help take care of my brother and explain it to him too. Was that the worst part? It is the worst part because it's one thing to deal with and channel your own emotions, but when you're raised in a family where you're raised to learn that family is all you got, um, it's even worse to try to have to explain it. We are outside. So. <laughs> Let's throw the airplane out there. <laughs> it's all good. It's a beautiful plane. It's a big old wing on it, though. Very low, man. Very low. I'm just going on a cruise. Whatever. Um. So yeah, it's it, 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 honestly it's heartbreaking because you really want to believe him. Yeah. And you really want him there. What do you tell your little brother though? What do you tell him? Because you know. I mean, at this point in time, you know he's not. At that point in time, I, I can feel he's not any good, but I, I can't tell my brother why, because I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you, you don't know. And so when you're choking on your own tears and trying to hold it together and then trying to hold someone else together, it's a hard thing to do, especially at such a young age, because you're trying to comprehend what's going on but it's it's a it's a sick cycle because you're so young that you're naive to the situation so you don't know to not be gullible but when it's someone you always want to be around yeah you don't know any other way to do it like how do you do it how do you turn yourself off from that how do you change that's a double-edged sword like no other right yeah because it's just a draining thing um (laughs) And it looks like class is coming outside. Um, well, it's a fit class, man. It's a fit class. Um, got to be fit. So, but it's... That's how I was feeling young in my life. And then, like, my mother and... Let's talk about her for a little bit. So, obviously, you have the utmost respect for her. And uh, what is that... Okay. So, did she date? Yes. How'd that, how'd that go? Um, <laughs> my mother was the type of person, I remember this distinct conversation with me when I was um, younger. She said, uh, girl, I want you to know that just because somebody comes up in here, don't think that they're more important than you. She's like, one, I wouldn't bring somebody around you if I didn't feel like they should meet you or any of you um but she, you know she was like also understand that if you're not comfortable with it or you don't like him or y'all don't like him Gotta let go. me know that's the end of it i won't fight you on that one because your mom was so honest with you does that make your respect for her go up even more yes because especially in today's generation um and i, I think most parents do it out of love 
they sugarcoat a lot of things. You're right. Uh, you know, sugarcoated participation trophies, you know. Um, you can't even say this generation, my mom sugarcoated stuff with me, and I'm well, significantly you know, older than you. Yeah, some, some parents just sugarcoat things because you, you, how do you explain some things to their child? And I think there's a way to explain things to a child as they get older or even at younger stages. But my mother, once she felt like I was old enough to comprehend things, she, my mother's always going to be honest with me. Like, I always say that, like, if I'm doing something or I'm in the middle of something and I feel like I need, a, like, a stiff kick in the ass, my mother's the person who I call. Because yeah. my mother's going to be blunt, honest with you without a filter. If, you, if you're bull driving around, she's going to let shit. you. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, if, she, if, she's, if you're bullshitting around, she's going to call you out on it. Yeah. So my mother, to this day, is the only person I can call, and she will verbally make me cry. But I know that I'm a better person because she called me out on it. Right. Um, so because and you of, take her advice. I take her advice. Uh, because of that, I feel yeah. like... Okay, so I don't know where we were interrupted, but... So your mom, is who we were talking about. But the, the respect for your mom is so high. Yeah. Um, especially as I've gotten older, and me and my mother have had... Especially here recently, and we'll get to that, uh, obviously... But especially as I've gotten older and we have a little less of a mother-son relationship and we almost have an adult-to-adult relationship. Right. So, like I said, my mother always was able to make it happen by any means necessary. Um, We always had clothes on our back. We always had shoes on our feet. Um, Rarely were there ever moments and there were some moments but rarely were there ever moments where we didn't have anything to eat maybe to a child we didn't have anything to eat you know yep children the cabinets can be full and they'd be like there's no cookie so there's nothing to eat <laughs> yeah you know? completely so, no there was always something in there and she, she, she just always made it happen and as we got older you know, she let me know. Like, I remember her telling me one Christmas, um, Daryl, I just want you to know, you're older than everybody else. For the kids, a Christmas means a little more to them than it does to you. So understand you're not going to get all the toys and video games or stuff you may yeah. be wanting. That's going to go to the kids. Um, which I understood that because my mother... Didn't from, make you mad, didn't bother you none. No. Um, I mean, it, it saddens me a little bit as a kid, but she was... You understand because... But you were taking care of your your brothers, too. Yeah. So... And my, my mother always... And I think that's because my mother always shot it to me straight, so it wasn't out of the blue. You know? Like, how do I explain that? Um. So... But, Super loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that that was my that was my childhood with my mother. She was always a straight shooter. She was always a grinder. She she worked two jobs, three worked, jobs, two jobs, three jobs, multiple jobs. Um, made birthdays happen. Made Christmases happen. No matter what the circumstance was, even um, and kids see a lot. Oh, kids yeah. see a lot more of the parents think they do. Oh, yeah. So there was moments where I knew my mother was struggling and she didn't say anything to us. There were moments where I saw, I saw the frustration in her face or I saw her crying or I knew that 
the refrigerator was a little light for a reason, or the cabinets were a little more emptier than usual. Um, but it, she made it happen when she needed to. Did you protect your brothers when all that happened? You know, I, I tried to, um, just from the standpoint of not making them naive to it, but just finding a different way to explain it. Yeah. You know, because you... As gonna, a child, you're gonna, you, you want another person on your level to explain it, right? Right. So I always tried to do that. I always tried to be the man in the house, because at that point, that's all I knew how to be. And so, and the relationship with my mother made me feel that way. And she was just... Hold on. So many eruptions, man. That's what, that's what you happens when you do a podcast it's, out in the middle of nowhere at a bar. Hey, it's... Next it's, to a workout studio. It's metaphorical, because life has its own eruption. Man, look at you. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I dig that. So, um, but are you yeah. lost where you're at? No, no, no. I, I got you. No, I got that, you if you lost. No, that, that's that's just always been a relationship with my mother. She's a straight shooter, and she's a caretaker, and I have the utmost respect for her. Um, in everything that she does, in every way that she does it. Um, I remember once we were younger. And we stayed uh, deep on the north side of Tulsa, behind McLean High School. But um, I wanted to say my siblings, uh, the, they went to, I want to say they went to Burroughs Elementary School at that point in time. Um, I went to Central, though. Yeah. So, which is a totally different school district, because McLean is a high school. But my mother wanted, and I wanted to stay in that school. So we registered my grandmother's house. Okay. She lived closer. Um, and I remember one morning, um, my mother stopped at the gas station right outside the neighborhood to get gas. And we, we were sitting there, and I was in the front seat, and she's digging in her purse. And she's digging, and she's digging, and she's digging, and she cannot find any money, no cash, no, no, for gas. Um, at this point, she's like scraping the bottom of her purse, trying to get coins together. Change, yeah. And I remember, I don't know where I got it, but I remember I'd been hanging on to this $5 bill for like ever. Uh, probably going to spend it on something like candy or whatever. Oh, yeah. Or some toy. But, and I want to say, I may not even been in high school at that point. I may have been in middle school. Either way. Um, it was probably, yeah, it was middle school at that point. I think, I want to say by the time high school came around, we actually moved in with my grandmother. Yeah. Um, but uh, I pulled the $5 bill out and gave it to her. And she was like, son, I can't take that. And I was like, why not? She was like, I, she was like it's wrong for me to take money from my child. I'm supposed to take care of you. And I'm like, mama, we're family. I can take care of you too. Yeah. I, I don't know why I did it. All I know is that I saw my mother struggling, and I was not okay with that. So I literally, even as a kid, it doesn't mean anything. You can get five bucks from some adult. Oh yeah. Real quick, um, I gave her my last. I'm going to five dollars. I had. That's all the money I had in my pocket. That's literally the only thing I had in my pocket. <laughs> but I knew my mama needed it, and I needed it, and we needed it. Um, everything my mother has given to us. Why not? I'm not going to hesitate about it. 
but that was the relationship with my mother um, just about all the way through. So I want to say the next major moment in my life, um, as, a, as a young child, as a toddler, and in my, just my early years, um, I spent a lot of time with both grandmothers, both my mother's grandmother um, and my father's, uh, my mother's grandmother, both my mother's mother and my father's mother. Um, His family was around. Or she was around. She was around, and his family somewhat okay. was around. It was, if we came to them, they were around. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. As far as I can remember it, and as far as, as my mother tells it. Um, and, but I spent a lot of time with her at her house, and a lot of time with my cousin at her house. Um, so, I have very fond memories being around her. Um, unfortunately, and I want to say it was 2005, I could be wrong, but I want to say it was 05. It may have been earlier. Doesn't matter. Or later. Somewhere roughly in that, okay. in that area. She was killed. Killed? Yes. That um, was your dad's mom? Yes. So, stand on Thank you. where we are on the north side of town. How was she killed? Things happen. Um, so if I can remember this properly, she had a younger sister, and her younger sister got into an argument with someone, with a, a group of people, and I don't know exactly what happened, but I do know that my my grandmother's sister, she took off and came home, and they showed up to her place. They showed up to her place, and they were yelling and screaming outside in the street. Yeah. My grandmother comes to the door and starts to come outside, and the story goes is they thought it was her sister, and they shoot her. Oh, shit. So, they looked that much alike. Or they just didn't care? I think it's the combination of they look that much alike and when you're standing at a distance in the street and my grandmother's standing, you know, in a screen door making her way out. Yeah. You can mistake anybody for anybody. You know, That's you true. Didn't, you, didn't right. ro- you didn't roll by, you know, even if you're not being nosy, you didn't roll by somebody's house and they got the heavy door open and the you screen door there, shut. Right? No. And they got the screen door shut. You know, it looks kind of dark in there. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, I wasn't there, but I remember my mother telling me I came home. I don't know if I was coming home from school or what. Yeah, it was obviously the next day because it happened at night, right? Mm-hmm. I came home, and my mother's sitting in a chair. And, you know, you just look at someone, and you can tell something's wrong. Yes. Something, something's wrong. And she was, um... There's she crying or just... You can tell she's about to. Yeah. Because she, she knows what my grandmother means to me. Yeah. And she's like, oh, your grandmother Angela, um, she passed away. And I don't remember anything after that. I barely remember anything before that. The only thing I remember is collapsing in her arms and bawling my eyes out because I could not understand. 
Why? You know, it's somebody's grandma. And who who who, who shoots an, an an elderly woman? You know who does that? So that was that was a deep moment for me in my life at a very young age, and that's kind of where everything just kind of. Damn, you were 10, 11 years old, man. And how, how much time did you spend with her? Quite a bit, right? Quite a bit, because for the most part, um, especially at a young age, the three places I spent the most time was my grandmother Angela's home and with my grandma, my mother's mother. Yeah. So she meant a lot to me, and I spent a lot of time there with my cousin. So, and especially in, the, in just the early years. So... It, it devastated me, and you know that's that's kind of where my grandmothers are a pillar in my life. When you say it devastated you, did okay? So you're obviously in school. Did your schoolwork? I mean, what did you do, or is it just a just a, a fucking blur? I mean, because I mean, I understand. I. I one million percent understand, but as a child, I, I would not. As um, adults, I do. As a child, I don't. I never went through that. It's 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 it's, it's <clears throat> something hard to comprehend, and it's just it's a a barrel of emotions. And but for the most part, it was a blur to me, and it's something I carry with me to this day. But. I've been to more, growing up where I grew up, whether losing grandparents or losing friends or family, I've been to more funerals and weddings. Yeah. So that was just the first death I could remember. And it just, it didn't make me numb to it, but it just kind of almost like shut off emotions for the most part. When you say it carry, you carry it with you today. What do you care with? I mean, obviously, grief. We get that. But what is it? Um, and it's kind of, it, it's, my, obviously, my grandmother knew me as a child. Um, but she never got to know this version of me. Yeah. And I never got to show her who or, or what I could be losing her at such a young age. So I think that's what really sticks with me. Um, and I think that's the central theme around all the people I've lost at a young age or at a stage in my life. They didn't get to see me get this far. And yeah. it's not physically, um, depending on whatever you believe in. So that's what really sticks with me. That's what I carry with me. And I think that's a big reason why I try to carry myself the way that I do. Um, oh, you carry yourself a class, that's for sure. Because... Um, I want to say fast forward to 08, 09, and just to set the stage, like I said, I spent time in three different places. Um, probably my most fondest and most awesome memories uh, as a kid, besides my normal childhood, childhood, was being out with my grandmother, uh, my mother's mother, and my grandpa in Shakota. He lived in Shakota. She stayed here in Tulsa, but he lived in Shakota. So um, I have awesome memories of us 
traveling down to Chicago. Sometimes me and my grandmother, once my brother got older, me and him uh, and my grandmother. But I remember us traveling to Chicago and spending time with my grandfather. Uh, he had a he had a ranch out there, so you know he had some horses and stuff like that. So I remember going out there riding horses. I remember going out there and you know that country lifestyle. Oh, I do. Big old stars, four wheelers, uh, the small little fairs that go on out there. Um, just and my my grandpa was absolutely awesome. He was amazing. Uh, his name was John Wells, and he was formerly in the military. And he's just big old, just six foot seven, just stout, big old human being. Uh, gray hair, gray chest, with <laughs> the one overall uh, thrown over. And just out there riding horses with him and spending time with him. And he was so, such an amazing person. And he welcomed me at all times and he supported me in everything I did even at a young age um, he wasn't family right other than your grandmother's husband that that's the amazing thing for years and years I thought he was my biological biological no, technically he is um, technically yeah uh, because he was he was always so loving to me yeah and just treated me amazingly. I have wrestling with him in his bed. He would, um, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan, so he would turn on wrestling for me, and he would watch me play with my action figures on the floor, mimicking everything that The Rock did, or wrestle in the bed, and he would love me. He would ask me to do all the finishes of all the wrestlers I knew. Um, one of the first Christmases I remember um, is, was at his place. He's so amazing. I didn't know he wasn't my biological grandpa, um, whether I just didn't know it or someone told me and I just didn't remember it. Um, I didn't know it until later in life um, that he wasn't. Um, and that, I think for me, that just speaks to the love he gave me. He gave me so much love as a kid that um, I didn't think about it. Yeah. I didn't question it, you know? Um, so he was amazing. So like I said, um, my grandma Angela passes away in 05. And then fast forward to 09, this man has been awesome, this staggering human being, this huge giant of a man. Um, we've known about his heart condition for a while. And then um, he passes away in 2009. I'm older at that point. Um, You're 16, 15, 16? Um, I think about maybe 12. 13. Oh, yeah. It may have been it may be somewhere between the summer, summer, somewhere between 07 and 09. Um, I may be putting it a little early. I said, um, yeah. these death for me kind of blurred together. Damn it. Um, and. That one, at that moment in time, hit me especially hard. Because, um, like I said, this just this loving man, this loving human being. Um, is that where you became a kid guy? Because you're a kid guy. You love kids. I, I think I've always been a kid guy. Yeah. 
even even before that. But I think that has a a big thing to do with it because it's just like every time I've lost someone, I keep something of them with me going. And yeah. He was such loving to me and so open to me, even in moments where he was not feeling good. He got up and played with me and was awesome. Um, so, you know, his heart eventually gave out for, on him. And that was hard for me. And I know it was hard for my grandmother. And How was your grandmother after that happened? Because y'all were close. Um, my grandma was and still is my absolute best friend. I'm a grandma's boy through and through. And she's always been there. Always, um, never wonder where she is. Um, my grandma was a strong, independent woman. Yeah. Um, so she she dropped her tears and she cried, and she said shed for him. And we even have moments where later on in life, well after his death, we'll be doing something, or me and my grandmother love to listen to music together. Uh, anything, almost anything old, she listened to anything new to tolerate me, but <laughs> especially anything old, and we've had our moments where we would just cry about them. But I, my grandmother did, didn't let anything break her. She kept going no matter what. She kept pushing forward, and I realized that's where my mother got it from, and then I realized that my mother's father, he wasn't around either. Yeah. He went in and out. So then it, it made sense to me why my grandmother was so strong and why my mom was so strong. You have a lot of strong women in your life. And that's, that's my absolute love for women. And it's because of them too. So when I'm, a, I'm naturally more comfortable around women, when I'm with women, I have the utmost respect for them. I let them know that they're beautiful, especially mothers. I, just, I have just absolute utmost respect for them. And I, I treat them like how, how I would want someone to treat my mother or my grandmother or my, or my sisters. But my grandmother, she was awesome. She kept pushing. She was amazing. She was great. Uh, I could talk to her about anything. Um, and sometimes I didn't have to talk to her at all. Sometimes I'd just come around the corner and start bawling for whatever reason's going yeah, on. For no reason. Doesn't matter. And she, come here. Let me hold you. Even when I was 20-something years old, I was still falling into her arms. And it is what it is. Um, it's awesome. It's always been like that. And so, getting into my teen years, um, high school and all that, um, my after my sophomore year, we had been living with my grandmother uh, for about two years. Two bedroom house, five, six people. Damn. Um, and so we moved in with her, and that was about a two-year thing. And then my mother was just burnt out on Tulsa. She was like, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm over this. I can do more. There's nothing for me here. I've been here, you know, at that point, 30-plus years of her life. She's good. She's seen all she needs to see. So she makes the decision she wants to move to Texas. Uh, and I talk her into giving me the option to let me stay. I'm in the middle of high school. I don't want to go. It's a pivotal years for... Yeah. I, I don't want to go and all that and everything. And my grandmother, being an amazing woman she is, she manages to talk her into agreeing to that. And so, two years, 
the last two years of my high school life living with my grandma. And um, honestly, I started to fall behind in school. And my grandmother is, I like to say that my grandmother is the most filtered of me and my mom. She can tell you in the most gentlest, sweetest way, you are a dumb shit. And you will walk out of that conversation with a smile. Um, <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's her personality. And then I, in the middle, I can come out and tell you your dumb shit and make you laugh about it and we'll be fine. Yeah. And then my mother is just going to make you cry about it and she's probably going to piss you off. But you know she's right, so you're not going to argue with yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, So my mother, my grandma, um, she was on my behind constantly. Dara, you got to get it together. You got to get it together. Um, but I could come to my grandma about everything. My grandma, my grandma was the one person in this world um, I felt like I could be everything with. I didn't have to hide anything. I didn't have to be somebody I wasn't. I didn't have to be a piece of me. Um, she's the only person that felt like I was not alone in this world. Because I feel like I'm such a unique character with unique perspectives, especially for my age, that I often feel out of place. Um, she, she was that person that always made me feel awesome like that. So I lived with her. And, you know, she kind of, especially once my mother left, she kind of gave me my space and let me become my own person while managing to stay on my hind and make sure I was taking care of my business. Um, but I've always been... What was the distraction? The distract. There was never really a distraction, maybe just a, a lack of motivation. Yeah. What do I want to do or... Why? You know, it's just really a, a lack of motivation. I wasn't distracted. Um, I had a normal high school life. Um, there was nothing really traumatic that happened. By that time, my grandpa had already passed away. My grandma had already passed away. I lost other family members, but no one super close to yeah, where. Yeah, you were getting numb to that. Yeah. So, um, I just, I grew up in a public school system in Tulsa where they don't really fund a lot of things and they don't really push a lot of things. They don't really push their students to be the best that they can be. They kind of just want to make sure you at least get your diploma. Yeah. If anything else. So, and that's not to say that you can't be anything growing up in the school system because I know people who are doing amazing things right now. Um, but that's just how it is. I didn't, there was nothing going on in school that caught my attention enough for me to really just stick to it or anything of that such um, but I will say high school I do appreciate it for this I went to Central High School Fine Arts Fine Arts Performing High School um, I will say that that's kind of where my personality blossomed that's kind of where I became the person I am and the confidence that I developed like what do you mean Fine Arts like acting and acting singing uh, recording arts uh, heavy into theater and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Anything, anything you want to throw art at the end of. Yeah. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I didn't even know it was that sort of performing arts school, because um, it was my home school. Let me ask you this though, and and people have asked me this. So, you went to a performing arts school, and you loved acting and all that stuff. Do you know the real you? 
because and and let me ask, let me let me explain because I mean I obviously I put on a persona 99% of the time if I'm not with wifey it's persona it's my alter ego it's rip it's this it's that you know but I know the real me whenever I'm with wifey I will say yes and I will say that from the standpoint and this is where I found this in school and I'm going to thank a woman for this um, a teacher of mine who's more like family as far as all I'm these concerned. strong women in your life yes because um, when I went there I didn't have an interest in anything the only thing I did in middle school was play sports and I didn't I was kind of burnt out on playing sports at the moment um, but this woman named Anita B. Hardy she was the theater director and um she gave me an environment, the theater environment. She gave me that environment to unleash my personality, who I am, and let me be okay with that. She gave me the tools to strip away what society wants to hand you or make you be or put you in a box in. And don't take offense to this, especially as a young black man. Right? Exactly, exactly. She gave me the platform to strip that away and say... Daryl, before you be black, be you. Yeah. Before you be a black man, be a man. Um, and before you, you can be, a, be both. Exactly. But be you. Exactly. Before you be that, remember that you're a human being. So before, remember whatever label they put on you. Remember that the only label that really matters is the one you give to yourself. So she, damn, that's cool. She was absolutely amazing because she brought out the best sides of me. I, I, I. Growing up listening to music, music is my, I love music, everything, music is everything to me. Growing up listening to music, I rhymed a little bit and all that and everything, but she's the one that unleashed, I didn't know I had a thing for poetry, I didn't know I could actually write poetry, like really, really actually write it out and, and do it and perform it, she unleashed that in me. I didn't know I had a love for technical theater, I didn't know I had a love for putting together stage proms and putting together shows, I produced shows wow. in, in high school and helped her do that. I, um, the Tulsa Ballet uh, and all that stuff, working right under her under her wing, learning how to do all that stuff. That's probably the thing that I'm most interested in in this world. I think that fascinates me. I like knowing how things work, but I didn't know I had the passion for it until I met her. She, she gave me the confidence to be me, and she let me know that it is okay to be myself at all times, and I don't have to be what everybody wants me to be and she taught me to be around people who accept you for who you are that's badass um and that's why I love her so much because growing up how I grew up I, I grew up as a black kid in the hood and you're supposed to be a certain kind of way you're supposed to be tough supposed to be strong you're supposed oh to be, you're tough yeah you're supposed to be gangster and all that and you gotta walk like this and talk like this and all that and everything but I've met people and had sat down and had serious conversations with them. And then they asked me where I'm from. Well, oh, I'm from North Tulsa. They're like, what? You're from North Tulsa? Is that stereotype bother you? It used to bother me when I was younger. Yeah. But, and that's probably, this is probably a gift that my grandmother gave to me, is understanding. It used to bother me when I was younger. It doesn't bother me so much now. Because I, I know that stereotypes, more, more times than not, are built off ignorance. And there's either ignorance or intolerance. So usually if a person asks me that and I explain it to them, 
usually how that conversation goes diffuses any anger I may have. If I explain or infuses. It, yeah. So if I explain it to them, they're like, oh, okay. And it turns yeah. into a nice little dialogue conversation. Okay, they were just ignorant to the situation. It's fine. Now, if I explain it to a person and they just hostile about it and they just like, oh, talking down you to me about down it, then. then they're just like, okay, you're, you're just, you're just going to be belligerent. You're not ignorant. You're belligerent. So... It's almost um, worse. Yeah, so I'm going to get away from you. It's one thing to not know. It's another thing to know and not acknowledge. So, but she let me know it's okay to be with all forms of people. I was never an extremely popular kid in high school. Hold on. Let me let me ask you this. Okay, let me ask you this. So, I've known you for several months now, and you're trying to tell me you weren't a popular person in high school? Your personality... Meshes with mine. I don't see that. Well, when I say popular, I mean maybe the word is is cool. I wasn't one of the extremely cool kids. Oh, okay. You know, um, even that's with, different. Yeah, yes. yeah. Even even with kids I grew up with and known since we were little, you know, I wasn't one of the extremely cool kids. Because uh, you know, well, the I, problem is, is your age though, mm-hmm. because you're younger. The cool kids had a lot more money, and they had this, the Jordans, they had all that stuff, same as whenever I was, right or wrong. Yeah, and I think it's just a, I think it's that, obviously I didn't have as much money as them, but you know, I have my, well, at that point in time, I love Jordans, but I'm more of an, an Adidas guy, so. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter would love that. Um. But like I said, maybe poverty's not the word. Maybe it's not. I wasn't one of the extremely cool kids. I was one of the uh, the kids. I knew everybody. I could technically go sit down at any table. You know, I always knew somebody in, in every social group. Every okay, well, you, then you were the most popular. Maybe the most social. Mm, social's different. Social's tolerated. True. True. Um. I don't know. Maybe maybe I was the most popular, but I wasn't the coolest kid. Right. So, I, the theater family, that was home base. That was my home family. Yeah, I understand. Um, but I played sports a little bit in high school. And if uh, and I knew the kids on the sports team. Um, I knew all the good, cool kids who hung out and smoked weed and all that and everything. I did ROTC in high school, so I, did all, I knew all the ROTC kids. Um, I talked to the underclassmen. I talked to the upperclassmen. Um, just like now in life, I'm just sociable with anybody. And I think, like I said, I think Miss Hardy unleashed that in me. And she taught me to surround myself with people who accept all of me. And unfortunately, I've lost a few friends like that because I'm just like, you are doing something different, whether you're self-destructive to yourself or you're self-destructive to me. Because for some reason, every time I'm around you, I feel like I can only be Daryl from the hood or... If I'm around someone else, I feel like I can only, I can't be Daryl from the hood or something like that. Or I'm always hiding a certain piece of me. And the thing is, is I'm Daryl from the hood, but I am not hood. Those are two different things. That's where I'm from. It's not who I am. It's, yeah, you have to change your mentality in order to change your reality. If I come from the hood and I act hood and I want to be hood, I want to stay in the hood. So... I, my grandmother and my mother raised me to be more than that, be you. And then Miss Hardy let me know it was okay with that. Daryl, pull your head out of that book, take the headphones off, be you, son, be on stage. And 
broadcast your voice. Um, that um, my school is the oldest school in Tulsa. So since its existence, it's held an annual talent show every year. Um, I was one of the first underclassmen to ever host that show. And I hosted that show three years in a row. Um, it was just an amazing thing to me. And I, like I said, I think that's my personality. I think that's why I can sit down and have a conversation with most people. I think that's why I enjoy to debate with people. I don't do arguments. Let's debate. Let's talk it out. I enjoy it. I literally like What do you prefer? You prefer... Because, I mean, we talked for two minutes and we were like, okay, we're, we're buddies. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer older people? Because we've already said you're an older soul. Do you prefer older people than younger people? Does not matter to me. It's um, it's whoever I vibe with. Now, recently in these these last couple of years in life, uh, a lot of the people I met have been older. So maybe it's my mindset. Maybe I'm starting to subconsciously attract myself to older people. Mm-hmm. Um, my last girlfriend was older, so um, maybe it's that thing. I have no idea, uh, but I don't have a preference. I don't in any way, shape, or form. If you cool by me. You cool. If you, if you, if you are a, a downtown person, if you can take a fucking joke, we're great. We're great. Yeah, because we tell some horrible jokes. So, <laughs> um, okay. We talked about your dad. We talked about your mom. We talked about your grandma, your grandpa, both grandmothers. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about you. So, you're a kid guy. I'm trying to trying to ask this question without being a complete asshole. No, hit it. Um, hit it over the head. What are you gonna do when you have a kid? Because obviously, you know, you you're a kid guy. You want children of your own. Mm-hmm. You're never gonna leave a child that's yours. We all know that. Hell, we've been talking about this. We've been talking for 30 minutes, 45 minutes now. We know that. Now um, go with that. I remember my mother told me when I was very young. Um, Daryl, you you going to have adult fun. you got to deal with adult consequences. Um, if you're going to lay down and be a man, you got to stand up and be a man. And... You do not need to have a relationship with the mother to have a relationship with your child. Me, no matter what, no matter what's going on, I don't I don't ever want to make my child feel the same way or go through the same wave of emotions about me as I did about my father. I'm his oldest child, I'm his namesake, and I, I have no emotions about it. That's uh, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. I ain't gonna lie. That's awesome. And that that's how it goes for me. Um, okay, weird question. Weird question. Just mm-hmm. a, just random. So let's say you get a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And you ain't together or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna take the kid? Is it gonna be full custody for you? No. Um, Joint. What are we doing? I just want. I just want to know no, 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 because no, that, because you 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 you're so you're so strong personality wise, where it's like 
No, sweetheart. I like you. <laughs> you're cool. And you're the mother of my child, but that, that baby's going to stay with me. <laughs> no, I think, I think every scenario is independent to itself. And... <clears throat> Just a one. If she wants to be in a child, if she wants to be in a child's life, and no, no, no. I mean, I'm, obviously she'll be in a child's life. But mm-hmm. do you want full custody? You want that kid forever? I mean, that kid staying with me. You can visit her on the weekend. Um, I believe in compromise. So we will find a middle ground. There you go. We will. We will find a middle ground. Whether that's we live in the same school district. That way, even though the child's going back and forth. The child's not going back and forth. You know, we live in the same school district. We may stay on opposite sides of the school district, but we live in the same school district. So the child is over here for a couple months, or the child can come and go as, as he or she pleases. I want to go to dad's for a couple months. I want to go mom's for a couple weeks or whatever. Uh, when it comes to that, I feel like a majority of the time those situations don't work out. Is because the parents can't put aside whatever history they have to raise the child. You can't co-parent because you're there's so much history of whoever did whatever. Um, so for me, it'd be like, hey, this is about our kid. Whether we just parted ways and didn't want to do it together, or we something happened and we can't be together on our own. So for me, because especially because my mother went through that, it's not an excuse uh, to either not be around or to jerk that child around. We will make a compromise. I will come wherever I need to to make it work. If she decides she wants to be over here and that's the best school district, or we both decide this is the best school district, well, we both better move over here. Because, you know, I don't want it to be, well, you're here during the school year and during the summer you're with me. I want to have open access to my child. I want my child to be able to come and go as he or she pleases and not have to have two lives. Yeah. You know, and I apologize for doing this, but I baited you into that because we've been talking about how you're an old soul, uh-huh. and that's exactly what someone a lot older you would say. So I do apologize for that. No, no, that's fine. I I appreciate that because I've never had someone. I just I want my listeners to know that that I want them to see the older soul that you have that you embrace. Yeah, I've I've never had someone ask me that question in that fashion, so. I appreciate that. I, I like being asked things. Like I said, I I don't run from confrontation. So whatever you ask me, you're gonna get an answer from me. That's what I wanted. To, hey, I that's that's all I wanted to know. We will. What else you got? Unless you want to wrap this up. Um. So the probably the touchiest subject at the moment. As I'm, I'm being a young me, I'm being a young adult, I'm being the person that I am. Um, I'm making mistakes, I'm making my correct moves and all that. Um, I'm trying to live my life the best way I can, the only way I can. And I am doing this with two, well not one, strong female role model and no male role models. Every, everything I do, I do it myself. All the, all, everything I've earned, I, everything I've earned, I've earned it, and I and I've grinded for it, and I've worked all my life for it, and that's the only way I know how to do it. I've made my own mistakes and learned from my lessons. Um, there's no man 
teaching me how to do this and how to do that and how to love a woman, how to treat a woman, how to stand up on my own two feet. I am my own human being, and I am self-empowered. You're damn right. So anyone who thinks that a woman can't raise a man, they're out of their minds. They're absolutely wrong because I truly believe in this life. It's It doesn't matter the scenario. It doesn't matter how it comes. It doesn't. It almost doesn't matter what the message says. Did you get the message? And the most important part is, is how are you going to turn that message out? What are you going to do with it? Because my mother's father was not around. And that didn't stop her from being a good mother. And my father's not around. And that's not going to stop me from being a good father. Um, and so, I say all this to say that my mother and my grandma played the two biggest roles in my life. My mother gave me the tools in this world to fight and defend myself at all costs. My grandma gave me the tools in this world of loving and understanding others and myself. And almost a year ago to the day, July 26th, I lost my um, I lost my grandmother to cancer. Damn. Um, a year ago? July 26th. I was, um, I was at work when I got the call. She actually got diagnosed about a week to 10 days after my birthday. What kind of cancer? Liver cancer. Shit. And by the time they... By the time they discovered it, it was already stage four. Um, she was hurting one day more than usual, and she drove herself to the hospital. And her being a strong, independent woman, she tried to hide it for a minute while they figured out what was going on and what they could do about it. And it came to a point to where they couldn't do anything about it. And so it... It was a situation of kind of basically just kind of go home and wait it out. It was so advanced. It was creeping on on her so fast. It wouldn't anything would have just prolonged the inevitable. You know, they told me make her comfortable. Yeah, they they told her they told us we'd be lucky if she made it till Thanksgiving and. To watch, um, we all have that person in our lives, whether you're related to them or not, that's always been there. That's always got you back. You can always go to almost superhuman to you. Hold on. Let's do this. Hold on. I want you to keep going. Hold on. Okay. So your grandmother passed away a year ago, almost to the day, in late July. Yes. Um... Like I said, she was diagnosed about a week to 10 days after my birthday. And um, I remember my mama telling me. I was so angry. I could just, just, it didn't make any sense to me because I was, and it still don't make any sense to me because 
she was the one. Um, how she was always the one. So ever since she passed away, I feel alone, and I feel like I search for everything she had to offer me. She had it in, in one person, and now I have to find that in multiple people, and. Like I was just, I was just angry when my mom told me, and I mean, I, I almost fought my stepfather because he was trying to hold me together. And like I said, it, it's, it's your super person. The person's yeah. always there. The person's always got your back. Um, even when they're not okay, that person's always okay for you. So. When it truly did not set in, and I, I feel bad for almost saying it, but you, you'd almost rather, in the standpoint of watching them, what happens to them, you'd almost rather them to be here one day and going to next than to watch them kind of just fade away like that. You'd almost rather, I, I, sometimes I'd, I'd rather give up the opportunity to say goodbye versus seeing her in her last days because it got to the point to where she didn't look like my grandma. Yeah. The, the, it, and the funny thing is, like I said, it was just like that first month, month and a half, almost didn't seem anything different. She was a little weaker, a little soft-spoken. But she was talking, she was laughing, she was smiling. And then it's like, I went to work, and then one weekend I walked in there. I was just there on a, on a Monday or a Tuesday. And I show up on Saturday, because she's not living in at home with me, because I'm working. She's living with her, uh, her little sister, because um, she's there all the time. And almost just skin and bones. Hair is just as as thin as a baby's. And it just... Did it make you angry? What did it make you? <clears throat> I thought... I thought my heart was broken. As a kid. When my dad left. I thought my heart was broken when I asked him why he was gone and he gave me bullshit excuses and then I realized he was better off where he was at. I thought my heart was broken when my grandma Angela passed away. I thought my heart was broken when my grandpa passed away. I thought my heart was broken when I lost my high school sweetheart. Watching that happen to her and watching her smile leave her and being without her, that's heartbreak. And that's, that's how I feel about that. 
I was angry for a while, and for a while I was mad at myself because she lives with me. It's a, it's a two-bedroom house. She stays right across from me, and I didn't know she was sick, and I blamed myself because I promised my grandpa before he passed away that I would take care of her. So I felt like I failed him. But I let go of that. Because at the end of the day, I couldn't have known that. It's her body and she didn't know that. But that that's heartbreak for me. And I know that because things have happened just in this year that before then I would have been extremely upset or distraught about, and I'm not. I, I dropped my couple of tears about it, and I keep going. Um, but just like I said, I take a piece of that person with me. I, I embody, anytime I lose someone that means something to me, I, I try to embody a piece of their quality to move forward. And my grandmother's quality her mentality was moving forward and her mentality was always to see the brighter side of a situation and always to turn a, a negative into a positive. You know, it's not what the message said, it's what you do with the message. So that's that's what I did. That's what I'm at least that's what I'm trying to do. Um, Cause moving forward, instead of especially as a young adult or just an emotional person in general, instead of every time something happens, freaking out, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get that done? How is this going to work out? Or all that and everything. I'm just like, it'll work itself out. It's fine. I'll get it done. I can take care of it. I can do it. I can do it. I know I can do it. Um, and not letting things tear me down emotionally. Um, I'm me. I think I'm a beautiful person. I'm gonna try to be a beautiful person to everybody I meet. I always go in, I try to be my grandmother to other people. I try to be the best version of me. I try to be what that person needs. So you observe in my relationships with different people, I'm a different person because this person may need more support. This person may need more uh, of a swift kick. This person may need this or that. So I'm continuing on in her absence by being that positive person, or at least trying my best to do so. And I think even at, in death, she's helping me. Um, because since losing her, I feel like I'm better at taking care of issues because I'm less emotionally involved in it because nothing, short of losing my siblings or my mother, nothing's gonna equal that pain. So anytime something happens, I'm just like, it's fine. I, I can take care of it. There is no point. Just like she would tell me all the time, there is no point in you getting upset or bent out of shape about it. When do you focus on yourself? I've always... You still have a life. Yeah. Um, I've always genuinely felt happiness in helping other people. Like, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy listening. Uh, anytime someone's going through something, I'm like, we can, what do you need? How can I help? Um... But um, that's, that's the one thing I've really been focusing on, living my life and, and taking care of me. Like I said, that was the kind of person she was. She believed 
that you don't take baggage from the previous situation into the next situation. That applies in everything. Learn from everything and, and, and apply it as a lesson into something you're moving in forward to. So as I'm moving forward through life and through relationships and through friendships, I've learned that I got to be me and I got to take care of me. Um, music reference, I, a rapper named Logic, I love him. I absolutely love him because he's, he's so uplifting. In a song, as he's closing out one of his albums, he says, when, when, you're, when you're on the plane and they're teaching you the safety rules and all that and everything, when the masks drop down, they t always tell you to put your mask on first. And that's the whole key. That's what you try to do. Put your mask on first because what help am I to somebody else if I'm not breathing? You know, if I if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of anybody else. That's true. So that's a message I try to pass on because I think that was something she always tried to tell me, and I didn't extreme, I didn't comprehend it all the way. And as I've grown up, I've learned to comprehend that. So I I try to make sure I'm in the best of shape to help someone else. And mentally, physically, all and, that, and, and emotionally, I, I I do my best. So I'm I'm dealing with it, ebbs and flows. Uh, recently, I've been in a bit of a rut, but I think that's just because, for the most part, I'm just closing in on the anniversary of her death, and it's been a long year. It's, it's been a long year trying to learn to live without somebody you thought was always going to be there, even though, you know, rationally, that makes no sense. Yeah. No. I, I get it, and when we stop recording this, I'll explain to you why I get it. So, but, uh... I've, you are a fucking strong individual. Uh, I am super happy that you focus on yourself a lot more, too. Yeah, um, my basic, I guess my basic instinct is being me, being who I am, and my mother being the straightforward person she was, and my grandmother, too. And my biggest thing motivating me now, especially after my grandmother's passing, is I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to waste her energy. My grandmother put 23 summers into me, and my mother has put has put in 23 and counting. I don't want to waste her energy. I, that, that's the number one thing. Um, that's what's driving me. What's that's, next? What's next? Um, what's next is that my brother, my second oldest, my second brother has had him a little girl this year. He's 19 years old. Oh. So my next current project in life is making sure, and he's done a great job. She's actually helped him grow up. Is making sure that he stays on the right track. That's what I'm all about at the moment. Like I told him, I was like, if you think you can abandon your responsibilities and then come sit on my couch, no. Didn't work that way. No, that's my niece. I will not do the same thing half my family did, which is I won't look her in the eyes and tell her I love her and then endorse what her father's doing or what he's not doing. So that's what's next for me. I, what's next is 
What's next is applying all the lessons my grandmother has taught me. What's next is growing up and becoming a man, because I am still young. There is still a lot for me to learn, and there will always be a lot for me to learn. Um, but I feel like I'm just on the brink of something. I feel like I'm just discovering myself. I feel like I'm not complete. So I feel like each, every, each and every step you take in life, you're evolving. You have to evolve. You cannot be doing the same thing in different chapters of your life. You have to evolve. So I'm going to evolve because if I don't, I'm going to fall behind. So that's what's next for me. Um, being an uncle, being a young adult, and being the man that my mother and my grandmother raised me to be. That, that's what's next for me, making some smart decisions. I don't know. Other than that, maybe I'll figure out a career field for me. Relationship. Relationship? Um, I just got out of one in February. So, um, I don't know if I have the energy for that at the moment. But um, I'm always up for it. So if a, if a lady pops up and she's able to sweep me off my feet, I'm all for it. Like Email I, me at <laughs> Ripstone Podcast. <laughs> um, um, Daryl Hope, two R's, two L's. Uh, find me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, no, but... <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh, I gotta plug myself yeah man. yeah well I plug myself so you better plug you um that but no that that takes energy so and I've learned things from that relationship you cannot make somebody happy someone for a relationship to work that person has to be happy with themselves so if you're not happy with yourself you're not gonna be happy in a relationship so but what's next for me is just living I'm going to go the next day and the next day, and I'm going to do my thing. Um, so I'm just, I'm just going to be me, man. I'm just going to have some fun and do what I do. So as far as a relationship, wow, why you put that in my head, man? Oh, man, I'm just trying to throw things out there, man. Listen, oh, you're an inspiration to a lot of people. You I'm make, not going to lie to you. You make me sound desperate, man. You no, you're not desperate. It stays between us. Yeah, nobody's listening. No one listens, listens to No me. one listens at all, okay? So... No, for real though. Yeah. You're an inspiration. Your mother is an inspiration. Thank Your you. grandmothers are an inspiration. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really, really, one million percent. Thank you so much. I think you will help a lot of people, especially about what you said about single mothers, especially about what you've said about yourself. Yeah, being sing- raised by a single mother too. Yeah. Single mothers and then just single parents in general. <clears throat> I also feel like single dads don't get a lot of love out there. We, we, we crap all over dads because certain dads, some dads are not around. But for the dads that stay, stick around, the stepdads who step into a role, and for the dads who are doing it on their own, y'all are loved too. Um, like I said, my, I'm a big energy guy. Hell I'm yeah. going to give you the energy you give me, and I'm not going to waste anybody's energy. Well, you are fantastic. I thank you very much for being on with me. Thank you for Here, the invitation. Uh, you be known. Ladies and gentlemen... And this you'll love. (laughs) If you do not conquer self, you'll be conquered by self. Thank you for listening.